for those of you that want to criticize Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, I have some advice for you. Don't, because he's probably going to cook you. Um, I'm going to talk about his latest victim on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borbert. Today's episode, we've got a good one ahead of us. Um, we're going to be talking about Coach Prime essentially obliterating Pat Narduzzi and everything he had to say about Coach Prime. Um, we're going to talk about some major commitments that happened over the weekend. And then I had five big, bold Pac-12 predictions that I wanted to talk to because one of them pertains to Colorado. So we're going to talk about that um, on today's episode of Locked on Bus. But before we do... This episode of today of Locked On Buffs is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Okay, it's time for us to get started. Last week, um, towards the end of the week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, uh, Coach Prime sat down with Carl Reed of 24-7 Sports and kind of, sorry, I got something in my eye. My contact is messing me up. He, they were, talked about things such as the portal, being in Colorado, all this, yada, yada, yada. Um, one of the questions that was asked was, how did Coach Prime feel about uh, Pat Narduzzi's comments? Which, if, if you guys don't remember, this happened about a month or so ago. Um, Pat Narduzzi essentially said that Coach Prime and his transfer portal methods looked bad it was a bad look on college football coaches across the country. It was bad for college football. Um, he criticized them for not just jumping in with that one and 11 roster and kind of coaching them to glory. Like it was like a coach Carter or like some bad news bears type of movie, I guess. And obviously he faced a lot of backlash then um, because he compared it to when he took the job at Pitt in 2015, which Pitt was just coming off a bowl appearance. Plus the portal was didn't, open until 2018 so it's not like he had a choice anyway um regardless of whether you really agreed with coach narduzzi i assume that most of you if you're listening or watching to this podcast you did not um as i did not either because it was really weird um, went out of his way and i think i think the transfer portal and kind of cutting kids has always been a thing um i think colorado's just been obviously very public about it um so this was Coach Prime's exact response to um, what Pat Narduzzi had to say about him. Pat Narduzzi is the head coach of Pitt. Um, what his what was his situation when he came to Pitt? He had a very different situation. He's not mad at me. He is mad at the situation of football now that allowed his best players to leave a year or his best player to leave a year ago, aka Jordan Addison going to USC to presumably chase a big NIL bag. Um, obviously, we don't know the reasons, but we know the reasons. It's like a wink-wink situation. Um, he's not mad at me. He's using me to shoot bolts at another coach who he has an issue with. I don't know who he is. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. Um, so it reminded me, of me, reminded me of my favorite meme, uh, Kiki Palmer, when she's like, I'm sorry to that man. I don't know him. <laughs> and so I tweeted that, and it was pretty funny. I thought it was funny. Um, but Narduzzi obviously isn't the first coach to come out and criticize Sanders. Uh, Matt Rule took a jab at him. UConn's Jim Moore took a jab at him earlier. Um, so 
other coaches are clearly, I feel like they're threatened by Coach Prime. Um, I think there's a, a sense of they know they, well, I mean, maybe Matt Rule can in Nebraska, but even to this extent, I don't think he can. These coaches at Pitt, UConn, they know they can't use the portal like Coach Prime's using the portal. Number one portal class, flip the entire roster. Like, he went from literally this roster might be one of the worst college football rosters ever to this roster could probably win a bowl game or at least make it to a bowl game. I don't think that's, I don't think if you went up to every coach who had a losing season last year and said, Hey, you could win three games next year with the same roster you had last year, or you could get all new kids and win a bowl game. I think 99.9% of coaches would take the bowl game because 99.9% of coaches are smart enough to realize that you don't have time to play around and lose. Um, If coach prime came to Colorado lost season, like had a horrible season with like the kids from last year, he'd be endlessly ridiculed. He'd be on the hot seat by week five. Like people would think, Oh, it's not working out. Um, So he knows that he knows that he's, got to make moves to to win games and he made those moves and Pat Narduzzi it was interesting and you guys kind of brought it up which kind of brought it to my attention he was talking about how there's so many good kids that like coach prime probably left let go I don't think he took any Colorado transfers in I'm just saying just saying he didn't take any in there were they may have been good but they weren't good enough to play at Pitt interesting um that's an interesting to me because if he was so passionate about it bring some in you know um but I guess at the end of the day, people are kind of insecure about Coach Prime and what he does. Um, I think he to see him come onto the Power Five level and have success right away, recruiting and in the transfer portal. I think it frustrates some guys, especially a coach like Pat Narduzzi, who obviously at Pitt, Pitt's not a transfer destination by any means. I mean, I'm sure they've gotten transfers. They got Keaton Slovis last year and stuff, but it's not like a hot spot where they're like, I need to go to Pitt. Um, same thing with Pat Narduzzi. It's not. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, like every defensive back in college football should want to play for him. He's the best defensive back to ever play the game. Uh, even offensive players, they should want to play for him because his offenses are always going to be fast-paced, up-tempo. Pat Narduzzi, I couldn't tell you what he's around for. I know he was a visor and he has glasses. Like, I don't know. Is that his thing? Is that his shtick? I don't know. Coach Prime is renowned for being cool. He's innovative, and he's willing to kind of take a risk. And kids like that kids like he checks the boxes for pretty much every kid and i think one thing that people don't realize is he seems very personable um he seems super nice to all of the people that he encounters and i feel like people kind of see his persona and they're like oh he's probably a rude guy but no super nice guy um so i think pat narduzzi there's a little bit of insecurity a little bit of jealousy and i think some frustration with ncaa which obviously there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated with ncaa so i can't fault him there um but I think he took it out on the wrong person, so it did not work out for him. Um, maybe Colorado should schedule Pitt in the near future. I feel like that'd be a fun uh, non-conference game to to watch. Okay, before we move on to the next topic, um, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of the NBA. Uh, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, they have great promotions every day. They're safe, secure, super easy to use. You'll never have to worry about your payments not coming through. Um, there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. $2,500. Whoa. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, 
the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so we talked about. I, I think that was him obliterating Pat Narduzzi. I don't think I think if you're Pat Narduzzi for Coach Prime to be like, I don't know who that is, that's probably gotta be a top five embarrassing moment. I just feel like that's not ideal, um, to say the least. Uh, but regardless, let's focus on some Colorado stuff. Colorado landed three commitments over the past two days, one day, I think. Um, starting with four-star um Brandon Davis Swain. Uh they landed him, the big, big defense lineman. He's a big, he's a big boy. Um, let me let me pull up his stats and measurables right here. So, Davis Swain was on a visit this past weekend, and he was supposed to – he had other visits scheduled, I believe, but uh, he was supposed to go to Michigan, uh, Purdue, but Boulder was all he needed to see. Um, the big, big guy. He had 12 sacks and 33 quarterback hurries last season. Um, ranked as the 201st player in the country, 24 defense lineman, number five player in the state of Michigan. Uh, Colorado's class is now moving up and up on the rankings. Um, so big addition there. I think a lot of people were were questioning if Coach Prime could re- recruit in the trenches. I think there was a lot of a lot of like, oh, his tre- he's only going to get skill guys. He's never going to get the big boys, and he got the big boy. Um, so they also they landed Zykarl Lewis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, a Florida wide receiver. Uh, he also committed um, five foot 10, 160, a little on the smaller side. Uh, he had offers from Auburn, Florida, Florida State. Um, he obviously pulled the pulled the plug or on his recruitment. Um, this is kind of his scouting report. Uh, Andrew Evans, a director, the director of scouting at 24-7, says he's a pint-sized playmaker that's given defenses plenty of issues for three straight years down in Florida. Believed to be hovering around 5'10", 160. Measurements obviously aren't ideal, but make up for subpar frame with his burst and top-end speed. He anchored a 4x100 team that qualified for states as a sophomore. Smooth operating in the slot that could work all different numbers throughout the tree, find holes in different coverages. Likes to attack the football and gets aggressive at the catch point, which is encouraging given the small dimensions. Has also shown that he's a pretty willing blocker in certain situations. Should be viewed as a gadget player that offensive corners can get creative with. And generating chunk plays has experience as not only as a return man but was also deployed at times as running back on friday nights he was able to rip off a few long runs he will need to avoid setbacks and must take coaching when he arrives at the college of his choice but has some skills required to make an impact um he was a utility man um is what he's listed at for tampa carrollwood day worked primarily a receiver but i got snaps a running back um also return man finished this past season with 28 catches 485 yards and four touchdowns um, and also had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. So huge, huge landing there. And then they also got three-star running back um, from Georgia, Michael Welch. Um, they obviously are continuing to bolster all over the place. The five foot nine, one hundred ninety-five pound Welch uh, picked Colorado over schools like Cincinnati, Florida, Georgia Tech, um, Louisville, Tennessee. Um, he has he took a, an official to West Virginia earlier in the month, but obviously Colorado was much more his speed i guess he likes likes coach prime how could you not um he also took visits to alabama and clemson early in the year um this past season he averaged more than 20 carries per game scored 18 touchdowns was first team all state in georgia region player of the year um previously had 12 or 1500 yards excuse me rushing 23 scores in 16 games as a freshman and sophomore in varsity um he was invited to the u.s army all-american bowl in san antonio so 
huge for Colorado's class. Their class was around, I think, 38. Now let's see where they rank in the 24-7 sports rankings because I feel like that could be – yeah, so they've bumped all the way up to 32. Um, Brandon Davis-Swain is their second-highest recruit, highest-ranked recruit. Uh, Zakaro Lewis, third-highest, and then – Michael White is the fifth highest recruit in the class. So now Colorado's recruiting class, they have Aaron Butler, who's a receiver and DB. Brandon Swain, who's a defense lineman. Zach Carl Lewis, who's a wide receiver. Omar White, defense lineman. Um, he's the one with legal issues. Don't know if he's actually going to make it to Boulder. We have to continue to wait and see what um, goes down with his off-the-field um, issues. Eric Brantley, defense lineman from Georgia. Danny O'Neill, quarterback, who's actually partici- participating in the lead 11 this week. And then Talon Chandler, um, the offensive lineman from Nevada, Missouri. Didn't realize that was a place, but Nevada, Missouri, none other than Nevada, Missouri. Love that for him. Um, also, I'll talk about one transfer portal edition just because it went very under the radar. And I don't think anyone knew, at least the public didn't know until uh, well off media posted a video, a workout video. And someone paused the video and saw the back of his shirt and it said his name. And everybody's like, Oh, he's on the team. So Colorado added another transfer, um, Jackson State running back Sivion, Sivion, I think it's Sivion, Sivion Wilkerson. Um, he was a first-team all-swack player this past season, rushing for nearly 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 21 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Um, this running back room, whew, loaded. Uh, they have Ultimate Caskill, the, the AAC freshman of the year in 2021, Kentucky transfer Kavosi Smoke. They have Dylan Edwards. They have Anthony Hankerson. A lot of lot of talented backs back there. So good for them. Um, the Maryland native talking about Wilkerson started his career at Delaware State, where he spent two seasons. Was first team while Miak um, opted to transfer to West Virginia as a walk on and was only there for a semester, and then transferred to Jackson State to play for Coach Prime. Um, but now the Buffs will have five scholarship running backs, and their running back room probably is the deepest, or at least one of the the three deepest position groups on the roster for Colorado. Um, so good for them. Um, Got to love an, a good reuniting. Um, I think he's like the ninth Jackson state player to make the move from Boulder or from Jackson to Boulder. Um, so good on him. And we'll see what his role is this upcoming season. Because I, like I said, very, very tough running back to room to get carries. And I don't know how often Sean Lewis plans on rotating the running backs. Um, obviously that's up to the running back coach, but We'll see. Um, we're going to see if they like to ride the hot hand or if they like to rotate. Uh, we still have that to learn about Shaw Lewis. So without further ado, it's time to talk about bold predictions. What was my bold prediction for, for Colorado? We'll get to that when we come back from the break. Welcome back. Um, it's time to talk about some bold predictions for the Pac-12. Um, specifically, I'll start with Colorado because that's what you guys are here for. Uh, my bold prediction, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, leads Colorado to a bowl game victory. And this is what I said. Colorado has appeared in just seven bowl games since 2007, um, and they've only won one, um, or since 2000, excuse me. They've only appeared in seven bowl games since 2000, and of those seven, the only one they won was in 2004. Um, they've obviously made huge roster improvements. Travis Hunter, Shadur Sanders, Alton McCaskill, Jordan Dominic. The list goes on and on and on. Travis J, Levante Bentley, Taj Alston, whoever. They've made so many improvements to the roster. Um, while many people are doubting Coach Prime and his transfer methods, shout out Pat Arduzzi, um, who, you know, um, if you don't get the reference, go back to the first um, season, uh, first segment. Uh, if Colorado's trenches could hold up, I think that's going to be their biggest issue. They have a lot of winnable games. Um, these are six winnable games I see on the schedule, 
And this is without factoring in, because in college football, we all know every year there's a fluke game, whether it's like a, a really good team sleepwalking, like maybe Colorado catches USC sleep slack in, maybe they catch Oregon slack and who knows it could happen. It always does every year to some team. Um, but these are the games I view as winnable off the bat. Uh, Nebraska, Colorado state, Arizona state, Stanford, Arizona, Arizona, and Washington state it only takes six to make a bowl game, obviously. And then, and I think my prediction was they make a bowl game and win. So obviously when you make a bowl game, you get like two weeks off. So I don't think you give coach prime and the staff two weeks to prepare. I don't feel like they're going to lose a game. I just don't, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I just don't see it happening, but we would have to see. Um, we'll have to see as we go on. You know, it's hard to tell, but that was my bold prediction of Colorado. Um, let's go through my other Pac-12 ones because I had some interesting ones that I thought you guys would appreciate. So, first one on the docket: the Pac-12 ends their playoff drought. Um, obviously, the Pac-12 hasn't made it since Washington in 2016, um, according to. 24-7's blue chip ratio. Only USC and Oregon can win it all, but that doesn't mean they can't make it to the playoff. Uh, we don't have Pac-12 teams that can't make it to the playoff. Um, if I had to put money on it, if I was a gambling man, I would say USC would probably be the team to make it to the playoff. Uh, all comes down to their defense, really, and we'll see if Alex Grinch actually improved anything or if he's going to be in the un- unemployment line by this time of next year. Um, second one. Conference produces another Heisman winner, back-to-back Heisman winners. Um, not really something that traditionally happens. It's an award given to the quarterbacks. There's only three non-quarterbacks that have won it since 2000. So probably going to be a quarterback in the Pac-12 would be my guess if the Pac-12 were to win it again. Um, obviously, there's only been one repeat winner, um, but this was an interesting stat. So I said, it may not be bold, but when you look at the list of Heisman winners from 2000 on, Someone winning the Heisman from the same conference as the prior winner has only happened four times. Um, the Pac-12 was not one of those instances. Marcus Mariota was the last one to win it before Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, wow. I don't know why his name so hard. Caleb Williams won it this past season. And there's only been one repeat winner since 1935 when the award first was given. And that was Archie Griffin winning, winning it in 74 and 75. So, while I think Caleb Williams is the best player in college football, or one of the best players in college football. Um, I don't know if he'll, if he'd probably be good enough to be the second guy to win it back to back, but I don't know if he will. So I'm looking at Bo Nix, Michael Penix, maybe Shadur Sanders if he has like a monster year. Uh, who knows? Second one, Oregon State makes, or this is the third one now. Oregon State makes the Pac-12 their first Pac-12 title appearance. Yeah, they've never made it, which surprised me. Um, so they had their best season since 2006. Um, they went 10 and three. Uh, they won their first bowl game since 2013, and their quarterback situation was horrendous. It was like those neither of those guys were good at quarterback, um, I think you could say. However, they have a really good running game. They have a really good defense, and they got DJ Uyunglele, um from Clemson, the quarterback transfer. And so he should provide a lot more consistency, a better steady hand at the quarterback position. So we'll see. Um, this would if they, I think if they make it to the Pac-12 championship. Sorry, there's someone killing my eye right now. If they make it to the Pac-12 championship, that would be their first back-to-back 10-win season in program history. Um, and that probably means they have to beat Oregon, which they haven't done since 2006 and 07, um, back-to-back years. Pac-12 championship means they would also probably have to beat two of the top four teams because they play Utah, Oregon, and Washington. Um, but, yeah, so those are my bold predictions. I got Colorado to not only make a bowl game, but win a bowl game. Um, Oregon State to make a Pac-12 title appearance. 
the Pac-12 to produce another Heisman winner. Um, the Pac-12 ends their playoff drought, and I forgot this last one. The Pac-12 becomes the first conference to produce three first-round quarterbacks. Um, so I'm looking at Justin, or not Justin Herbert, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams could probably sit out and be a first-round pick, probably a top-two pick. Um, one conference has never produced three first-round picks. The only, the closest thing is um, three independent quarterbacks in 1983 were drafted. Uh, Penn State's Todd Blackledge. Miami's Jim Kelly and Pitt's uh, Dan Marino. They were all drafted in the first round, and they all went to schools that were technically independent, um, but that is, that's not a conference. So um, so I think, like I said, you, Caleb Williams, lock. Bo Nix has the intangibles. He can run. He can throw. Um, honestly, just depends how good he could be without Kenny Dillingham. And then Michael Penix has an absolute cannon, and he's pretty accurate. So I feel like that's going to be something that NFL teams look for. So, again, Pac-12 becomes the first conference to produce three first-rounders. Deion Sanders leads Colorado to a bowl game victory. Oregon State makes the Pac-12 title appearance. Caleb Williams or Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Heisman winner. Back-to-back Pac-12, back-to-back Heisman winners in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 ends their playoff drought. So you guys can hold me accountable. We'll see how many I get right. Um, they're called bold for a reason. So if I get them all wrong, wouldn't be shocked. I try to be a little bold, try to be a little boisterous with them. But either way, I'm Kevin Borba. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Buffs. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.